Have you ever heard the words sobriety and recovery used interchangeably? Have you ever wondered what the difference between them actually is? Have you ever wondered what people actually mean when they talk about their recovery? Join us as we explore the meanings of these two words and the importance in understanding the difference. We'll also dig into what the word recovery means to each of us and how we apply that in our own lives. Welcome to Through the Glass Recovery Podcast, where we believe that connection is the opposite of addiction, vulnerability is the antidote to shame, and that recovery isn't just rewarding, but it's also a lot of fun. We're your hosts, Steve and Julie. Listen as we get together with friends to shed light on the hard things, talk about the other side of addiction, and how we create a life so full, there's no space left for alcohol. We'd like to take a minute to remind you that your reviews and ratings really do matter. Whether you listen on Spotify, Apple, Google, or anywhere else, if you take a few moments to rate and review our podcast, it goes a long way in those platforms, helping others find it as well. If you're one of our wonderful regular listeners and you believe in what we're doing as much as we do, this is a great way to show your support. Hello, hello, everybody. This is episode 32, I believe, and we have an awesome cast tonight. We have Martin, Dana, and Ryan, and I'm going to let everybody introduce themselves before we get going. So we'll start with Martin, who is back for a second time. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to be here with you guys again. So my name is Martin Lockett. I am a substance abuse counselor. I am an author and I am a public speaker on all things DUI prevention. And if you want to learn more about me, you can go to martinlockett.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And how Mm -hmm. long have you been sober? A little over 19 years. So 19 years and a couple months. That's what I was thinking. Congratulations. Cool. Amazing. Thank you. All right. And next, Miss Dana. Hi. I want to first thank you both for having me back. You're both huge legends in my mind and in my heart. So I just want to throw some gratitude out to both of you for having me back. I am Dana. I am the founder and owner of the Yarn Consolery LLC. I consider myself a consoler and I have been sober for, I have three trackings. I've been sober from cocaine for two years and three months, alcohol for two years and two months and one day and marijuana for one year and 17 days. Really Uh, incredible, Dana. You are such an inspiration. And Dana has been one of our biggest encouragers and supporters through this whole podcast journey and even before that. So it is wonderful to have you here and have you on. And last but not least, we have Ryan. Hey, my name is Ryan. I am sober now 20 months, which is great. Uh, I'm super, super passionate about helping people in like their 20s and 30s kind of realize like, hey, there's a life outside of drinking. So I'm at the Sober Mountain on Instagram, and that's that's me, man. 
Awesome. I love the stuff that you put out on Instagram. And I think that's really important. It seems like the majority of even like our listeners are in that 40 to to 55, 40 to 60 year old range. And every so often we come across someone who did this early and Mm -hmm. I just think it's so inspiring. So I'm really glad that you share all of the things that you do. And I'm really glad you're here today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's really inspiring and really inspiring and really impressive at a young age, just making that decision and holding to it. It's, it's, uh, when we see that, we're like, I wish I did that when he was that old. And yep. so <laughs> it, it is, it's, it's, it's really cool. So I appreciate you, you being here. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I just hope I can help others, you know? Awesome. That's mm-hmm. why we're all here. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. So you often hear the words sobriety and recovery used interchangeably, but most of us that have been in recovery for a while understand that there's really a big difference. So we're going to talk about that today. What is the difference between sobriety and recovery? What does recovery mean to you? Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll I'll start. So for me, sobriety is, you know, just the act of abstaining from a substance, right? Where recovery is going to be more all encompassing. Like if you want to succeed in your sobriety and achieve long-term sobriety, this is what they call doing the work, right? It's the recovery part of it. And it's constant. I think recovery kind of shifts throughout your sobriety. Like when you're first getting sober, for me, recovery was like, okay, you just put your body through all of this shit. You need to rest and recover. Like your body needs to get back to a baseline. And then once you kind of get some of those months under your belt, recovery starts to become, at least for me, it was, okay, who am I? Like I had no Mm -hmm. idea who I was without alcohol. And now I'm still figuring things out with me every single day. So in my opinion, recovery is that kind of overarching theme, not not necessarily theme, but umbrella where you need to consistently focus on your recovery in order to stay sober. Very well said. And I'll just kind of piggyback on that. What Ryan said, as far as it being kind of the, the overarching theme, or it's a lifestyle, right? Recovery is a lifestyle. It's not a fad diet that you pick up right before the summer to get in shape. And then the summer, you know, goes and now you're back to your normal way of living or your typical way of living. It It is a lifestyle that you that you adopt over time, right? And because certainly when I was in my addiction, that was a lifestyle, Right. I mean, there were certain things I did every day, customarily, you know, go to work, get off work, go to the store, buy some alcohol, go home, drink, have dinner, drink more alcohol, go to bed, wake up tomorrow, do it all over again. That was my lifestyle. And then the weekend come, then I would start to drink much earlier. So for me, you know, and and this this was something I, you know, had to learn about 12 years into my sobriety, which was also, you know, during my incarceration, where I thought that I was in recovery. I hadn't drank in 12 years. I had, you know, gotten all this education and learned the psychology and sociology behind my, you know, addictive patterns and the criminality and how they overlapped. But it was once I got into a drug or drug and alcohol treatment program and then started to go to AA that I learned the difference between sobriety and recovery. So I'll just sum it up for me. Recovery is it's a model for me, right? And you, you talk about balanced lifestyle and filling up your life with all these things that that takes the place of what you were doing in your addiction. And I I spread that out over four 
aspects of my life. So the bio, cycle, social, spiritual model, right? So biologically, when I was in my addiction, I was putting chemicals in my body and not eating well and not sleeping, you know, well and and not taking care of myself, not exercising. So in my recovery, which is to heal, right? Recovery is to heal. I have to do mm -hmm. the opposite and I have to make sure that I try to eat, you know, a healthy, balanced diet. I'm still a work in progress on that, but mm -hmm. I do exercise almost daily. I do go for walks. You know, I do try to get seven to eight hours of sleep per night, right? To feel good physically. Psychologically, in my addiction, I was not regulating my emotions. I didn't even know where half of my emotions were coming from. And I certainly didn't talk to anybody about how I was feeling, right? So in my recovery, I am sure to talk about how I'm feeling with either my fiance or my brother, or, you know, uh, I go to AA and I talk to people there. And so I'm very much in touch with how I feel and why I feel what I feel. And I allow myself to feel what I feel. Mm -hmm. And then I express how I feel. Right. And then socially in my addiction, had no clue what a healthy boundary was. Uh, certainly was not hanging around you know, people that have my best interest at heart. So today I'm very mindful of who's around me and the company I keep. And then spiritually in my addiction, I was bankrupt. There was no spiritual aspect of my life. And so today I make sure that I am in touch with my higher power and I go to my higher power in prayer and meditation and try to get clarity around things that I just don't understand. And so that balanced approach is what keeps me anchored in my recovery and, and it keeps me in a good place. So in a nutshell, that is recovery uh, to me. Awesome. Well, I have nothing else to say. No, um, I was actually <laughs> kind of clicking off all the things, all my notes and clicking off like, Oh, well, who did, who said what? So um, I think you guys spoke beautifully about the concept and one of a couple of things that popped out for me. And I know Ryan had said, you know, you kind of said, who am I? And I, you know, I always wonder, and maybe my question for this group is, you know, do you do you go back to who you once were or are you I like to kind of consider, you know, sobriety, like Ryan said, not picking up. Right. And making sure that you um, and, and like Martin said, not being spiritually bankrupt. And so for me, it's 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 becoming a new and I can't really go back to the person I was when I was in, you know, in the throes of addiction because it was it was a lifetime. Right. So for me, it's becoming a new. And I really kind of like the idea of, you know, that who am I? You're actually developing into a new person. Right. There's that constant level of change. And I think a lot of that and I'm, I know um, Martin said mindset, you know, it's that growth mindset. It's the willingness to kind of trust yourself. And uh, I know you both, both Ryan and Martin said healing, you know, when we heal ourselves through addiction and recovering and not just being sober, I, you know, we heal seven generations behind us and seven generations ahead of us. So I think it's such, you know, it's, it's almost a complete metamorphosis. And for me, I thought I was Colorado sober, right? I used a lot of uh, substances to get sober from alcohol and, that's a lot of it for me is there's so much more to recovering than just, you know, avoiding people, places and things. It's it's really just kind of prospering into the new you. I feel like a lot of that is facing those people's places and things. In my addiction, I have dealt with them in a really unhealthy way. But the recovery portion of it is trying to deal with it in a really healthy way. Like one of the things we talk about is learning how to have that 
healthy emotional response. Not, I mean, you, you you try and learn how to have that on a on a regular basis rather than have that unhealthy emotional response, and which leads you down the path of unhealing. When we, I think we're all agreeing here that recovery is is healing, and I think healing and growth at the same time. Kind of mm-hmm. like what you say, Dana, when you you're becoming a new part of that healing is we have those wounds that are open, the trauma, the our childhood, our whatever it is that that is keeping you stuck, perfectionism, you name it. There's a whole bunch of those things and all of that needs healing. And it's all that in, encompassing. That is the work. The work is is the effort into digging into that and taking that trauma or that wound, right? Becoming a new healing that. Let's close that gap and finding out where the root of that is. So then I can start to develop a healthy emotional response to what created that trauma to begin with because that that wound you know if you have that wound on your arm it's going to not just affect where that wound is it's going to affect that whole arm it's going to affect that whole operation because you're going to avoid it and it's going to turn around and now you're going to use the other arm more because that one hurts and we put ourselves off balance when we do that so there's the balance and i think sobriety you know, it is staying away from those things that keep me unhealthy. It is very much a abstaining. It's an abstinence. It's can I keep away from that? I have to maintain that by staying in recovery mm-hmm. and exactly. keeping my right. And you know what? What I'm hearing, what I'm kind of getting from that, Steve, is you know, it's that asking for help feature, mm-hmm. right? It's that, you know, I need, I can't really bandage my own arm with one arm, Mm -hmm. right? I need you to help bandage that arm. And that really brings up for me, you know, we say self-care, self-care, but when you're, maybe that's sobriety, right? You're working on self-care, but when you're recovering, you're looking to that collective care. You know, you're looking Mm -hmm. to the communal care, like, Steve, can you bandage my arm for me? Because I can't bandage it myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of that. I'll let you speak in a minute, Julie, because I know you you're itching. A lot of that is the way has what's worked for me is I need the opposite to heal. I have had a lot of, you know, the same thing. I can't heal if I keep trying to use the same thing to heal something that's broken that isn't healing it. That's that that that's that definition of insanity. I need the opposite. If I if I've been stuck in say an abusive relationship i need i need to someone that knows those healthy responses so i can learn that because it's completely learned those unhealthy behaviors because i'm put myself in a bad spot but it's that community that's those people and it comes from a lot of everywhere and everyone has a certain impact and some people have a greater impact than others but it's that i think i need the opposite of whatever that trauma is to heal that trauma. I need to see it. I need to live it. I need to almost be able to grab it. And I have to put myself in that spot because there's a lot of action in recovery. I need to put myself in that spot. I need to face that. And I need to face that with the opposite of what that trauma is. And then I can start to heal from it. Yeah. And going back to a little bit of what you said, for me, Recovery is developing or getting to the point where 
my natural emotional response is a healthy one. And it's taken a lot of self-awareness to, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm at that point, but to even recognize this is an unhealthy emotional response, right? Because it used to just be as soon as something was uncomfortable, I would just drink it away. So it took several months to recognize, oh, this thing that I'm feeling, oh, this is social anxiety or or whatever it is. And then recognize, well, the reason I'm feeling this way is because I'm insecure and I'm worried these people are thinking whatever. And like dig into the whole thing and get to the point where I can walk into a social situation and just say, I'm equal with all of these people and I have enough self-worth that I don't have to worry what they think or whatever the situation may be. There's all kinds of different situations. But for me, I never even took the time to understand that feeling. So I know now there are times where I just feel just itchy or, or off or or something. There's just like this this little bit of a cringy feeling. And now I know to stop and pause and look at it and and ask myself, what is this thing that I'm feeling? And I think this is a, a constant journey. Like just when I think I'm getting pretty good at it, something else happens and it's like, I'm starting from scratch, a whole new experience, a whole new emotion, have to dig into it, have to go all the way back to what is it that I need to fix inside me to make this something better. But I've also noticed that there are times where the first response that comes out is the healthy one now. And and it's kind of amazing when that finally happens, where I can feel the, the cringe and then just the release, the instant release of it. And I'm like, oh, no, this is okay. This isn't all about me. This isn't something I need to take personally or, or whatever the situation is. Um, and so the, the more I do that, that like inner work or the underneath of all those feelings, the easier it is to move through life and not feel like I'm having all these emotions that I have to run from. It's just, a, it's a major part of self-awareness that is brand new to me in recovery. Well, and, and it's really, really critical that you um, highlighted the importance of having healthy emotional responses, because scientifically we know that the number one reason that people relapse is due to negative emotional states. We don't want to feel pain. As human beings, we will almost do anything to not feel that pain. And so if you can if you can challenge yourself to get in touch with your emotions and where they're coming from and how you can then respond appropriately with a, a positive coping mechanism, then you have, I mean, you know, there's still other work to be done, but you have really, really kind of gotten on top of, of what recovery is all about. If you can avoid the the you know the internal triggers of negative emotional states leading you back to to addiction then you have you have figured a big portion of this thing out as we were talking about again the distinguishment between sobriety and and recovery i like for people to kind of have other analogies to to look at and and to kind of have it make sense in that way so i think about somebody who has been diagnosed with with high blood pressure hypertension right well, would we just expect them to abstain from salt and everything is going to be fine? Absolutely not. The doctor is going to encourage them to start to diet a little more, start to exercise, get out for mm -hmm. walks, take your medication, right? And mm -hmm. guess what? We can we can play with a few different medications because everybody's biochemistry is different. Yeah. So we're going to make some some adjustments and tweaks as we need to and you're going to you're going to, you know, really kind of lay out and live by this new lifestyle to manage your disease. 
And for some people who might cringe at, 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 at the notion that addiction is a disease, I'm sorry, but it is because there is an onset to addiction as there is any other disease. It is progressive, if not treated, just like any other disease. And it can kill you if not treated, just like any other disease. It is a disease. Not to get into the bio, you know, structural markers that indicate, you know, it is, but just in a nutshell, it, it needs treatment, right? And that treatment is in the form of recovery. Mm -hmm. It is a host of different things you have to do. And that not that you have to do, you should do if you want to stay in recovery. But these are things that you want to also adapt to and find naturally enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So and so you don't do them, you know, begrudgingly every day when you wake up. But these are things that that, that naturally stimulate you to produce the chemicals that we were seeking through the alcohol and mm -hmm. the substance use and things like that. So I just I just like to put in those terms so people can kind of see it through a different lens. Really cool. Yeah, I think that's super insightful, because for me, you know, in my early recovery, like the reason why I would relapse or drink again is I didn't really have like a plan or anything. And just seeing it as you do, Martin, from like a perspective of a doctor, like, hey, if you have high blood pressure, we need to, this is a whole plan laid out for you. And once I kind of realized like in my recovery that, okay, you cannot just wing this, you need to have community, mm -hmm. you need to talk to people, you need to, you know, focus on the inner work that's when things really started to shift for me. And the whole saying, I know it's a cliche, but the being comfortable in the uncomfortable. Yep. When I started to kind of just imitate that and go after that and find situations that like I was uncomfortable in and I knew I could grow in, that's when my recovery took a whole nother meaning to me. And mm -hmm. I continued to recover. And as I continue to recover now, it's just, it's super insightful. I appreciate you putting them in that terms, Martin, because that's literally what I did. You know, it's, you have to, if you do not have a plan for this, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to recover. Go ahead, Dana. Um, and, you know, I was thinking of something and then, of course, the, the whole group kind of starts feeding into that. So the psychic vibes, you know, are high. So a couple of things are coming up. Julie, when you were saying, you know, kind of knowing your emotions and starting to understand those. And I was what really came up for me is, is speaking your truth, right? Being honest with yourself. And so I was thinking of that kind of on just an emotional level, Julie, and, you know, the anxiety and just knowing what you're feeling and kind of dropping into those feelings. But then, Mark, Martin, you really hit it home for me because you brought up if you had a disease, right? Alcoholism as a disease. If you had an ailment, you know, what would you do? And I think that's also speaking your truth because you'd go to the doctor, but how many people don't want to go to the doctor? How many people don't want to know what's really going on? And especially if we've been in addiction, we don't want to go to the doctor the first time to actually find out or mental health, right? We don't want to go to the psychiatric mm -hmm. team to figure out. And then I was thinking, you know, there's the emotional aspect. And then Martin brought the, the biological aspect. And then Brian, you in my brain, I don't even know you. I've met you for two seconds. You know, you really hit it home for me when you said, you know, you have to have a plan. And I think that's also really knowing yourself, right? That's speaking your truth saying, hey, I can't do this alone. I've got to get a plan in, in place. So that really kind of the three of you really just and drilled in. And I, I know Steve's right there in our brains too. You know, that, that concept of all of that is knowing your truth, right? And I know we kind of throw the authenticity label out there, but really to know yourself. And that's what to me recovering is to not be afraid anymore to get in there and find out who am I, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, and Dana and I both are really familiar with doing the work in the Rewired book by Erica Spiegelman. It's something we've both used extensively. And the first chapter in that book is about authenticity and finding out who you really are. So when Dana, you said being honest with yourself, it took me weeks to get through just the authenticity chapter, to really look at the questions at the end of the chapter in the book and answer them in a way that was really honest, because it doesn't always feel good, because who we really are isn't always who we want to be. I think that was a big one for me. You know, she talks about taking down all the different masks, letting down all those different personas that we try to carry through our lives and figure out who we really are. And a big part of that was also figuring out what my flaws were and actually owning them and being okay with admitting them and then finding ways to work through those and create that forward momentum. But that honesty can be really painful. The very first thing we have to do is admit we are an alcoholic or Mm -hmm. have a problem with alcohol or however you want to say that. Then that's the first bit of honesty and that doesn't feel good for anybody. Mm -hmm. And then recovery kind of continues that way a little bit where you have to admit those really uncomfortable truths about yourself in order to go forward. And that also for me, Julie, is not only knowing like mentally, what am I doing, but that biological factor, right, Martin? Like there, I'm having these feelings in my body, you know, I'm having a trauma response and how I want to respond, you know, I may want to respond logically and, and emotionally calm, but my body is going to do the biological factor and do that response that I'm used to doing my whole life, right? So really knowing and being honest with yourself and saying, you know, can I feel what my body's telling me? You know, I can always play in my brain, right? But we want to stay out of our brain and we want to drop into our body for that biological aspect. I'm like, how am I responding? Is that really me? Or is that something I learned or my body's doing, you know? Mm -hmm. It's breaking down all of those learned reactions and learned behaviors, whether they're mental or physical, or, you know, even the actions that we're taking, we're breaking down all of those habits, all of those things we've done for so long and rebuilding each one of them separately Um, and individually and with intention as we move forward. And I don't think that process ever ends. No, it's all a a learned response. And a lot of it is unhealthy learned response because in my addiction, that's, that's what I did was it was my response to a lot of things was really unhealthy. I operated in life just, you know, I still did. I still went to work. I still did all of the things that I was supposed to do. I I had a house. I had two cars. I had all of the things. The one thing I didn't have was healthy responses to almost anything. And I still managed to figure it out. And that's that's the trick. Mm -hmm. The trick, the idea I was selling myself was, is I haven't lost anything except for my mind. No one else can see that. It's gone except for me. Right. And I'm still blind to it. Right. Exactly. And in sobriety, you know, so now you're forced to you're forced to face all of these feelings Mm -hmm. that you have been suppressing through the alcohol or the substance use for all those years. And so, you know, again, so we 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 have conditioned responses. Yeah, we have conditioned ways of, of, of behaving, even of thinking and our outlook on ourselves and, and people around us and society at large. And for most of us, through our addiction, those ways of thinking are warped. 
They yep. are not healthy. Mm-hmm. And simply not using the chemical substance to, to get you through those negative feelings is not going to automatically start to make you think better or think differently about life. It doesn't right? fix the warped part. It just allows you to see that it's warped. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well exactly. Said. So you know what the problem mm-hmm. is, but but you, you don't automatically know how to you know mm-hmm. address it and how to right. correct it. So that's when the work of recovery and mm-hmm. like Julie was saying, kind of breaking down everything that we have become conditioned to and kind of reconditioning ourselves mm-hmm. to thinking about things, you know, in a more healthy fashion and having, you know, more appropriate responses. And just again, it's adopting you know, mentally and, and, and physically an entirely different lifestyle and, and, yeah. and just responses and ways of interacting with people and with ourselves and how we see ourselves. Cause a lot of, I don't know about you guys, but I certainly didn't have a, a really healthy uh, self-concept. Right. Mm-hmm. And my self-esteem was, was in the gutter because I had no healthy self-concept. Yep. And so just rebuilding kind of brick by brick who I am, as we've talked about here, my identity, what do I stand for? What are my principles? What do I believe in? What do I aspire toward? All of those things start to kind of naturally become a part of the recovery process. The more you sit with yourself and really, really understand who you are. Yeah, it gets interesting when you start picking that apart and you're like, is this someone else's belief or is this mine? And you start really, when you when you go, I don't really agree with that. And it's really hard to let go of that. Like it's it's hard to no, I'll just leave that alone because that's a difficult one. It's that that one's hard. I'll leave that one alone. But like as much as I try and walk away from something, the longer I stay in recovery, mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep bumping into that sucker. Mm-hmm. It isn't gonna go away unless I pick it up and take a good long hard look at it and say, Okay, this is why I have community. This is why I have that plan, like Ryan was talking about. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna take a bite out of this apple finally because I'm tired of looking at this sucker on the counter. It's, and whatever's gonna happen, I know I have the safe, a safe place to talk. I know I have people that are there behind me, and that all, that's all part of recovery too. I think is is finding those people and finding those places and all of that discovery and that changes as mm-hmm. you grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's also, you know, none of this is easy, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, the, the work is incredibly difficult, but when you start to look within yourself and you start to realize like, okay, you know, I need to face either this unresolved trauma or I need mm-hmm. to face some sort of emotion that I didn't even know I had. Like mm-hmm. Martin, when you were talking about, you know, your suppressed emotions coming up when you stop drinking. I had no idea that was going to happen to me. And then, you know, Mm. six months down the line, I'm like, what in the world is going on? Why am I so sad? Why do I feel this way? Crying all um, the time. Exactly. <laughs> yep. For, yep. for no yeah. apparent reason. Yeah. Either. Oh, yeah. It, it, yeah. You know, it could be the sun is shining. I'm like, the sun is so beautiful right now. Right. Yep. But, you know, it, it's it's so difficult to work. But on the other side of that and continuing to do the work, like when you start just diving into it and leaning into that stuff, your life begins to open up and it's beautiful. Mm Yeah. And I think Ryan right there, again, kind of honing back in on what you had said before, right? It's recovering, right? It's continuing to recover and it's never going to stop. 
You know, we, we know that, you know, we cannot drive by the bar. We cannot hang out with that group of people. Or like Martin said, stay away from those, those people that we like to use with, you know, and have that lifestyle change, but really making the decision that this is a continued path. And throughout, you know, we're always going to have that warped brain in there, Steve, you know, that we're mm-hmm. always kind of bowing up and those things are going to come up and, you know, mm-hmm. the sun might be shining and you're still upset. Why is that? You know, what's happening? And so I think that, that, like Martin said, those, those aspects that you look into with that continued recovery is so huge. Mm-hmm. So again, going back to the, the biochemical school of thought, if I'm, if I'm taking my blood pressure medication and I'm exercising and I'm abstaining from salt and everything is going well, and I go to the doctor and I take my blood pressure and it's going, it's look, looking good. I don't then stop doing everything I did to get to that point. Right. Yeah. It is, it is continuous and that's how I stay healthy and that's how I stay in recovery. The minute I start slacking on the things that I did to, to get me to this point mm-hmm. is the minute I'm going to find myself on a slippery slope back to relapse. Yeah. Right. And you're going to go back to the doctor. You're not just going to do those things and never go back and get a blood test. You want to go back. You want to confirm everything's cool. And then, you know, check out the other blood work. What else came up? You know, how's my weight? You know, so and I think that's the thing about having it be a disease. You know, it is the ongoing process of constant check in, you know, speaking your truth and knowing what you're dealing with. We, we covered a lot of ground here in this episode. So. We talked about sober being like abstaining, recovery, healing and growth, recovery being a lifestyle, a model, developing a natural, healthy, emotional response to situations, people, places, and things, life, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. I think once we start that, it becomes really enjoyable and really fun. We open up life, how it's really supposed to be lived, and it just really starts giving it color. Recovery is discovery. Sobriety is the what. And recovery is the how. Martin, thank you very much for being here. Ryan, thank you. And Dana, thank you for being on today. Really appreciate your thoughts and really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. To our listeners, thank you so much for spending time with us today want to remind you that we do host weekly meetings in the same format as the podcast because we want to give everyone the opportunity to experience the same kind of connection and conversation that we do here. We meet Mondays at 8.30. And for more information, you can visit our website at www.throughtheglassrecovery.com.